Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We are in 2 Corinthians, but one thing about the truth of the new covenant, one thing about the truth of the life that Christ has given us is that we can talk about giving, we can talk about prayer, we can talk about evangelism, we can talk about anything that people recognize as, a, as an activity of a Christian individual, and we can talk about it with confidence because we recognize that we don't have to take these things onto ourselves. Literally, He has placed it in us. We don't give out of the paltry provision of flesh. We give out of the abundance that Christ has put in us. We don't pray out of our own vocabulary, our own eloquence. We pray out of the presence of the Spirit of God. He literally directs our prayers. He knows what we need to pray for. And you know how many times you get before Him and you just really don't know what to say? And your words in your own ears sound like a muttering fool. But the reality of it is, God is hanging on every mutter. He's listening to everything that you say because what he's hearing is your heart. And guess who gave you that heart? He did. It's in line with him. You just got to wake your soul up so your mind, will, and emotions know the truth. Everything that he has asked us to be or do comes out of his life within us. So chapters 8 and 9 of 2 Corinthians are largely concerned with giving, not tithe. Okay, not tithe. Tithe was an old covenant tax imposed upon Jews for the support of a theocratic government. And we're not doing that, are we? But giving, giving is the phrase we use in the new covenant. Giving is what a new covenant Christian participates in. The Corinthians as a church had gone off into carnality and false teaching. They'd become very man-centered, and Paul had written them a very stringent letter of correction, but it wasn't the letter, it was the conviction of the Holy Spirit working through that letter that brought them to repentance, and they were grieved. So they had just repented of their alienation of Paul and their carnality, and they're wanting to restore their relationship with Paul. Now, the Spirit of God, remember when you read the writings of the Paulian epistles, when you read his writings, you're reading what the Spirit of God has written through him. So when Paul says, I want, or we are, he's really talking for the Spirit of God for your life. So the Spirit of God is wanting the Corinthians to begin, and this is the truth of all of us, he wants the Corinthians from this place of recovery, well that's really what they're doing, they're recovering from carnality, recovering from living to themselves, Recovering, living out of their flesh. What he wants to recover out of this carnality, he wants them to begin to live from the inside out. He wants them to live from the resource of Christ as their life. He wants them to understand that it's not what they can impose upon their flesh that makes them righteous. It is the expression of the righteous life that Christ has put in them. And to grow and to expand in the Christian life is not about what we learn to do. It's literally about the expression of Him within us. We know God through God's work through us. 
That's how we know him. You've heard me say it many times. If he wants you to know how to trust him as your provision, he will allow you to run out of money. If he wants you to know what it is to trust him when you're afraid, he will allow you to experience fear in this life. And the whole of this experience upon the planet is for us to get to the place where we recognize as Christians that we have within us the answer before the questions ever posed. That in everything that we come to, in everything that we approach in our lives, He is already the answer. Susan always says in Bible study, the one answer you can give that might be right is Jesus. And she's right. It is Jesus most of the time. So the Spirit of God wants them to live from the inside out. Christ as their source and life experientially. And how can He best affect this? Well... You're going to see that in the next two chapters, what, what he decides to lead off with. Verse 1 and 2 of chapter 8 reads, Now, brothers and sisters, we want to tell you about the grace, the grace of God, which has been evident in the churches of Macedonia, awakening in them a longing to contribute. For during an ordeal of severe distress, their abundant joy and deep poverty together overflowed in the wealth of their lavish generosity. I'm starting here because I'm going to give you a little background. We've been away from this thing for a month, so we're going to kind of take a running start at it. So Paul, what he's doing is he's describing what's going on in these Macedonian churches as an evidence. He says, this is an evidence of God's grace. It's an evidence of God's grace because these people live in poverty, yet when they hear of other people that are suffering in poverty, and Paul comes to them and says, will you give for these people? They not only gave what they had, they gave over and above what they had. Now look, Paul didn't ask them to do that. Paul's not like a lot of these people you see on television. He's not promising them anything. He's not telling them God's going to bless them with a little extra blessing if they do this. He's not saying that. He's just telling them there's brothers and sisters in need. And here's the thing. The Macedonians had learned to live from the inside out. So they know to experience God's provision, to experience God's security in their lives, and they lived hand to mouth, would be to give, to literally be dependent upon the Lord. So they give, and they're excited about it. Most people are like, well, okay. But these people literally gave all that they had. In fact, Paul kind of had to back them off a little bit because they were excited about it. Paul describes the giving of the Macedonian churches as evidence of God's grace. It is the character of God manifested and expressed by the Macedonians. Grace is... Anytime you see that word grace, it is the activity of God, not the work of man. And if you are a child of God, you live in it. He's at work around you all the time, in you and around you. You live in the grace of God. So we know that new covenant giving is not a work of man. It's actually a work of God. Paul says it's of grace. It's a grace. It is the outworking of his nature in the child of God. It's God's nature. Apart from God, you wouldn't have an inclination to give anything unless it got you something. You'd work on an economy. But God gives because it is who He is. He gives out of love. For God so loved the world that He what? Gave. He gave what was most precious to Him. 
Now, Paul could testify about these people because he had lived among them. He knew of their extreme poverty, and he knew how these people could barely feed themselves. Yet they gave according to what they had and beyond that. Now, that was the work of grace because it was in giving that these people were enriched. They were confident in God, and it was their joy to draw provision from what he had given them. If you go back to the beginning of chapter 8, it literally says it is their joy. Now, think about that. Joy is what? It's a fruit of the Spirit. We're not talking about a bunch of people they are just slap happy about throwing money. They are joyful because they're experiencing the fruit of the Spirit. They are yielded to the Spirit's work. This giving is not the work of man. It's not the contrivance of man. It's in alignment with the Spirit of God. They were filled with joy. They did not count it out of the riches of this world, but out of the abundance of their God. And they were not compelled by need, though they knew the need better than most. They were not compelled by the pleading of the apostle. They were compelled by their very being. They were living from the inside out. You know, what glorious freedom that allows. What glorious freedom that allows to be able to look at your circumstances and say, I'm not limited by you. I'm not. I'm not restricted by my circumstances. I am completely available to the work of God. Whatever that is, my circumstances do not constrict his work or his will. Well, they experienced the grace of giving, and they were experiencing the joy of sharing his life. Now, Paul was taking up a collection. He was taking up a collection among the churches for the saints in Jerusalem who were experiencing an extreme poverty. And Paul had been touched by this need and moved by the Spirit of God to take a collection to him. So this collection was taken among many of the churches that Paul had discipled, and the Corinthian fellowship was one of them. Then Titus had encouraged the Corinthians to participate in this gift a year earlier. And Paul had given specific instructions on how that gift was going to be collected in 1 Corinthians. But because the Corinthians had been following false teachers, because they'd gotten man-centered in their religious thinking, they began to hold back on it. They weren't collecting the gift any longer. They neglected it because of their rebellion. So Paul, in this letter, he is encouraging them through Titus to continue the grace of giving. Now, he isn't doing this because he needs more money. That's how our logic works, isn't it? He must need more money. That's why he's asking. That's not why he's asking. This, this is about the Corinthian repentance. Listen, when we as Christians understand that we live from the inside out, we recognize that the balance, the healing, the restoration of all that we need from the soul to the body must come from the center of who we are. Does that make sense to you? You see, if you were lost and you became saved, were you saved because Jesus came down and put a a saved cloak on your body? Did he paint saved on your chest? How about a cape, a red S, saved? How did he do that? He literally saved you by coming into your being and making you a new creation from the inside out. A perfect and righteous being. 
And that perfect and righteous being now shapes what is expressed out of your life. And suddenly you found the things that used to be traps to you, used to be death to you, used to cause you all kinds of problems. You're not interested in maintaining them anymore. Suddenly the life that's within you is changing your appetites. It's changing where you go. It's changing what you're doing. The healing is coming from the inside out. Do you see that? So what Paul is telling these Corinthians, he's saying, okay, you want to be whole. You want to begin to live in such a way that the life of Christ begins to flow through you so that you're no longer living according to the flesh like every lost person. You're living in the abandon of the abundant life that you have at your center. You're going to allow that life to flow. And the master gardener will begin to prune off all of those things have been sucking life out of you. Because you know what? That body, though it is the same, and though it still has the curse of sin upon it, and one day will die, that body no longer belongs to the old man, to the enemy, to this world. It belongs to him. And he will care for it. So Paul is encouraging them to walk in the truth, to live from the inside out. To begin to practice the grace of giving. Look at verse 7. It says, But just as you excel in everything, and lead the way in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in genuine concern, and in your love for us, see that you excel in this gracious work of giving also. So he puts it alongside of loving. He puts it alongside of faith. I mean, Paul has now named this grace of giving as part of the maturing work that the Spirit of God is doing among them. He wants them to heal and to grow in the truth of who they are. And we do this by expressing Christ's life through our humanity, His character in the way we live. And that's how we grow and know Him. This is a spiritual activity that the Corinthians need to participate in to practice living from the inside out. Now, that may be a new concept for some people. We kind of believe we have Jesus in our heart, and then everything else has got to be imposed on me. I've got to memorize and learn all of this so that I can affect this Christian life. No, that's not it at all. You know why I read this? Because it affirms all that's in me. That's why I read it. And there's no condemnation in this thing anymore. It used to be really condemning, but not anymore. I read it now because... Everything that this thing is is asking me to do, everything the Word of God is asking of me, is already in my being. It's already written there. You know what he's saying? He's saying to the bird, fly. He's saying to the fish, swim. That poor bird that thinks he can't fly reads this and says, oh no, I wasn't ever made to fly. It's telling me to fly. How am I supposed to fly? I don't know anything about flying. This is really hard. I guess I need to memorize this whole chapter on flying. No, just get up there and take off because that's how you were made. That's what Paul is saying. The grace of giving is part of who you are. It's a spiritual action. And I pointed this out before, but Paul uses where he says in verse 7, and in your love for us, he's talking about the Corinthians' love. He uses the word agape. Whose love is that? That's God's. It's unconditional love. 
Nothing but the Spirit of God can bring that love forward. So what he's doing is he's associating the very character of God and he's calling it theirs, their love. In the same way, he's associating giving, their giving. But where does it come from? Who's the source? He wants them to heal and grow. Paul is telling them, in the same way, yield to his heart to give and know the grace of giving. In the same way that you've done these other things, yield to his heart and give with the grace of giving. Now let's look at verse 10. That's where we left off. Verse 10 says, I give you my opinion in this matter. This is to your advantage, who were the first to begin a year ago, not only to take action to help the believers in Jerusalem, but also the first to desire to do it. Now, what he is saying right here is that it is to your advantage because y'all are one of the first ones who are invited to do this. It's to your advantage to do it. Now, wait a minute. Who's getting the money? Well, Jerusalem Jews are getting the money. The Jerusalem Christians are getting the money. Well, how's that to my advantage? It's to my advantage to give money? I guess I must be getting a tax receipt. No. You know why it's to your advantage? Because it's going to affirm the truth of who you are. And that money is not coming out of your wallet. It's coming out of your heart. You're giving from who you are. You're expressing who you are. And he says, that's to your advantage. That's for you. This is your opportunity. You were given the first opportunity a year ago. And Paul is reminding them that they were the first to have the opportunity to give, to experience the grace, the first to yield to the desire. And where did that desire come from? He speaks of their desire. Where did that desire come from? How did they come up with that desire? You think Paul was that persuasive? Well, I sat in there 20 minutes and I felt like writing a check. No, it's not about Paul's ability to persuade people. It's the Spirit of God moving their hearts. And you know, here's the thing. God doesn't have to convince your heart of anything. The new heart that He's placed in you, that He gave you, is in line with His will. And the reason that you have so much, so many struggles against what God wants you to do is because you are working against your very being. You are determined to live apart from the way you were created. You're fighting your own heart. That's that separation. That's that duality. That's that struggle that so many Christians are entered into because they see themselves apart from who God is. And the reality of it is, is that He has given you His heart. And they heard the call. And God says, here's an opportunity for you to express my heart. And they were eager. And then they went off the rails begin to look at themselves, begin to measure their life according to the flesh, begin to walk in carnality. Listen, it is the new heart that shares the desire of the Father. It calls them to their own new nature and gives them a desire to express who they are by being obedient. You know, obedience, I say this all the time, obedience is our nurture. Jesus is the bread of life and that feeds us with food the world does not comprehend. And that's how the Macedonians gave. They were craving the affirmation of Christ's life. It was beginning to be manifested in their generosity. And they were given that money and they were saying, you know what? I just feel like that's what God wants me to do. And it's so, I'm so free in this. And it's Jesus literally coming from the center of you, with you, through the soul, the mind, will, and emotions. And they're excited about it. 
It's like, wow, did you see who just came through here? I mean, Jesus just walked through my mind. He just walked through my emotions. Jesus is here. Did you see that? This is exciting. I'm expressing his life. His life is in me. It's coming through. I'm affirmed. Look at the truth of this. Look at how I'm made. Isn't it beautiful? Do you think they're counting their pennies? Well, Jesus just came through and he only left me with a few percents. No. Listen, this is what we're made for. One day this whole place is just going to burn. You know, wealth is combustible. It's all going to burn. This body will burn. But who you are was made for eternity. The fellowship that you have was made for eternity. And the love that holds you is an eternal love that will never lose its grip. And you will walk in the abundance of Christ because you are a child of God. Never to be moved. Never to be shaken. Never to be released from his grip. Never. Macedonians were thrilled to death to be able to give. He manifested his generosity. Now, the text we're looking at is about the grace of giving. I've said this. And grace has its source in God, not in our possessions or our wealth. It is the immense privilege of living spiritually. That's what it is. Being the body of Christ. It's not about money. It's about the surpassing privilege of knowing Him. If I was preaching on prayer, you would say, oh yeah, yeah, that's about knowing Him. If I was preaching on something, anything other than money, you might say, oh yeah, that's about knowing Him. And most times when you get up and start preaching about money, people say, "Uh uh-oh, hold on to your wallet. It's the one thing that's not about Jesus in our minds. In the reality, it's the It is about Jesus. There's nothing that you hold that's not about Jesus. Your next breath came from him. And it all has an eternal purpose. Every bit of it. Verse 11, Paul says, So now finish this, so that your eagerness and desiring it may be equaled by your completion of it, according to your ability. Unrequited obedience is a problem. He says, now finish it. Do you remember the excitement? Do you remember how you felt when God put this call on you? Now finish it. Fulfill it. Be obedient. Don't let it just lay out there. They had fallen away behind or completely off of this thing because of their rebellion and unbelief. You know, when we respond in obedience to the Spirit of God, the enemy of our souls begins a subtle work that would have us rethink our decision. He would begin to cause us to procrastinate and question the Spirit of God's urging, all the while uh, arguing against what we know to do with logic and reason. Y'all familiar with that? It reminds me of when the serpent entered the garden. It always starts with a question, doesn't it? Genesis 3.1, Now the serpent was more crafty and subtle, skilled in deceit than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. Satan was made, by the way, created being. And the serpent, Satan, said to the woman, Can it really be that God has said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? Again, with a question. She already knew the answer, but now she's rethinking it. Procrastination or delayed obedience is often in our minds as an acceptable approach to obedience. We believe that we're just putting it off or setting it aside to do later. But the reality is it's rebellion, pure and simple. It is us retracting into our souls 
to live from the flesh and to protect ourselves. It's carnality. It's self-imposed blindness and spiritual poverty. It literally has us walking away from the table our Lord has set with the abundance of his nurture and deciding to dine from the dumpster of our flesh. I know that sounds dramatic, but that's really the truth of it. I want you to get this. Many Christians want to know the will of God just so they can approve it and logically reject it. And you know what? That word, that word comes up. Why? Right? It all begins with why. I raised six kids. Now, I say I raised, I really went in partnership with this beautiful woman right here who was the uh, captain and CEO of child rearing. But I raised six kids. And this question, why, if you've raised one kid, you know you're going to hear it. Say to the kid, I want you to go and uh, pick up that stuff in the hallway. Why? Now, if you fall for that, he's got you. Because you'll spend the next 20 minutes presenting arguments that he will dismiss with very little logic, by the way. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods, just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006.